Another week of Keep the Kayfabe. I'm Mike, sitting here with my boys, ready to talk some wrestling. We're coming down from a hot show this past Sunday, AEW Revolution, where we can give our feedback on the highs and very lows of this week's pay-per-view. We have some matches to uh, cover, uh, cover our last week's picks, see how they all shook out. There might be a new champion in store, but we're going to break it down. Let's introduce the boys real quick. We're going to go over to Glendale and say hi to my guy, someone who keeps it regal, Steve Grobschmidt. How are you, Grabby? Oh, you didn't know? No. no, no, no. Somebody. <laughs> the road dog, Jesse James. The badass oh, Billy Gun. Gun. I'm just oh, looking dude. forward. I'm looking forward to what I know is. I know it's going to be an explosive episode. (laughs) Well, that's what you think. Yeah. Yeah. I got my sparklers. Good. Yeah, they could have used uh, a few extra roadies at that show to bring in some more uh, dynamite, if you know what I mean. Remember, uh, the road dog started off as the roadie to uh, Jeff Jarrett. Yep. That's that's exactly it. Very good. That's when he's saying, I can't wait to be alone with my baby tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Best song ever. I got it on cassette somewhere, I think. Let's switch up the order real quick. I want to go down to Bayview, but go to my guy. Oh, my God. It's Charlie Michael. Bro. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. The championship, bro. Yep. He was just on. That's why stuck in my head yeah matt riddle do they did they ever cover up his uh are they still covering up his um mushroom tattoo i don't know i haven't noticed it i mean i haven't really been watching closely but now that he's on like the main roster and like on usa and i thought maybe they'd have him cover it up i doubt it because they've been going with the stoner gimmick you know his whole just Spicoli fast times uh-huh. of rich gimmick so i don't I don't know. Nice. I'll have to check it out next time. But nice. Welcome, Charlie. Let's stay down in Bayview. Talk to someone who is keeping it very freshly squeezed this weekend. Newly engaged, Matt Michelson. How are you, Matt? Well, I only have one question for everyone here tonight. Who wants to walk with Elias? Well, you finally are. I thought she was going to go with, what's everybody want? <laughs> since, she was on, since she was on last night. That That's was true. Cool. That used to be one of my favorite gimmicks, too. Oh, I, I loved that. Totally. Oh, yeah. That was really cool. Oh, I'd be running through the halls in middle school chanting that. I had no idea what it meant, either. I vaguely <laughs> did, but... Uh, Nobody did. I mean, the teachers would just freak out. And all <laughs> of us... What are you talking about? There were kids yelling Al Snow's line, and then there were other kids wearing DX shirts that said stuck it on the back. Like teachers had their hands full in the late 90s. Oh, yeah, big time, big time. But yeah, Matt, uh, congratulations on your newly engagement. 
Yeah, thank you. I uh, All I needed was a little nudge from my good buddy, Elias. And next thing you know, here we are. It's awesome, man. Congrats. It's a big step, but I know you'll be uh, in good hands with your lovely uh, fiance, Becky, for the rest of your lives. And uh, we're, the boys are very happy for you. Congratulations, bud. Yeah, thank you. So, guys. Appreciate it. Keeping on that high, we had high hopes for AEW Revolution. And uh, there was some amazing matches, some incredible highs, but there was some very, very low lows. And we'll get to all of that. But uh, last week we had our prediction show, Keep the Kayfabe's World Famous Prediction Show. And uh, we submitted our picks. Uh, The card was a little subject to change. They got a little botched up just slightly. But I think, boys, it's time to crown a new champion. I used to carry the Keep the Kayfabe title. Um, you know, when I, when we started this thing, somebody had to carry it. It was really heavy, but I'm happy I can transfer it over to my buddy, Charlie Michael, new keep the kayfabe champ. Congratulations, bud. Thanks. I'm a, I'm a booking genius. <laughs> you are very good. You are very good. Well, it, it, uh, I've been around, I've been around longer, so I know I've seen enough of, uh, the matches to know. Uh-huh. Well, once you're on top, it's harder to stay there because you got uh two best friends that are gunning for you. And uh, you know, oh, I'm yeah. just kind of in my Adam Page phase right now. Gonna hit rock bottom, climb my way back up to the top. Well said. All right. So AEW Revolution uh started the night off with Young Bucks versus the inner circle, Chris Jericho and MJF. Wardlow was ringside. Uh, my audio was kind of cutting out um, in the beginning, towards the beginning of the show. But um, Charlie and I both picked the Bucks. Um, the Bucks were victorious. What did you guys think about this match? Was it a good opener? Were you feeling it? No. Yes. Great opener. I, I would go as far as to say, and you know, we'll get to the two matches that ended the show for the night. Um, but I think in terms of just straight stick wrestling matches, this was by far match of the night, at least for me. Um, I know I had picked uh, Chris Jericho and MJF to get over in this one because it just tied so many other storyline elements into it, but it, it was a great match. Bucks did what they do on every pay-per-view, which is deliver an awesome match. Um, and I think it made sense too, just because after all the heat Jericho and MJF have been getting like beating up the Bucks dad and just everything else. Um, I, I almost think I just looked past that when I made my prediction, but in hindsight, it makes all the sense in the world that they would win. Um, especially when we saw how the rest of the night unfolded for the inner circle. So yeah, it was a great match. Good pick. Um, I think the right team to win. Right. Yeah, I would agree. I um, I feel like um, I have to really think about it. Yeah, I, I guess off the cuff, I'd say it was the best match of the night. I think the main event wow. we'll, we'll get to um, was great until a certain point. <laughs> but uh, I do think that, um, yeah, it was great. It was, a, it was a really nice way to start the show. A lot of false finishes. And I, I even though, you know, we all made our picks, I really could have seen it going either way. And yeah, I think I think it's a I think a good result came out of it, and I think the inner circle is in for some could be a very big Wednesday. Very true. Yeah, it seemed like uh, MJF was hinting that there is going to be a change in leadership within the inner circle, so that will be something that we'll have to look forward to this Wednesday night. Charlie, did you have anything about this match? 
Yeah, no, I thought it was a good, a good curtain jerker um, uh, match. Um, it started out; they started out brawling, which was good, and then they went into the typical uh, young buck style. So it was a, it was a good, it was a good match. Right team went over. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to see where they go with this next feud. I'm hoping. Well, I don't know how long the Bucks have had it, but I think Penta and Neville got a really good chance in there. Um, mm-hmm. Or Pac have a good chance to get that to get the belts eventually. I know they're going with it from what I heard that um, Matt and Penta or, or not Penta, Matt and um, God, come on. Phoenix are uh, wrestling Wednesday night, so you know that's going to be oh. a hell of a match. Oh my gosh! You know, big time. One of the things yeah, I'll so. real quickly mention about the Bucks match that opened the show: um, there had to have been at least like twenty near falls that were all within a hair of a three mm-hmm. count. And I think over the last few years, we've gotten spoiled with NXT and AEW, especially uh, when it comes to false finishes and just having you bite on the fact that they might kick out or they might not. And you really don't know what's coming. Um, And it's gotten to the point where I think it's a little too much, but this match, despite all the false finishes, I still like, there were multiple times where I could have sworn the match was over and then it wasn't. So it just goes to speak to how well the bucks are or how well they work. I'd have to agree with all that guys. Yeah. I thought this match was a really fun one. I love MGF. I love Chris Jericho. Um, the Bucks were the rightful ones to win, especially with the family uh, reputation on the line. That's why I made my pick. But I mean, I would have been happy if Chris Jericho and MJF. I think they're I, they do make a fun team. I'm glad they had uh, a pay per view matchup together because it sounds like they're probably not going to have that again. So, yeah, fun one to start. And uh, speaking of not knowing what's coming. Uh, the Casino Battle Tag Team Royale was kind of confusing for me because I thought Battle Royale, everybody starts in the ring, but it kind of shook out like a Royal Rumble. But it was a lot of fun. I, I kind of like this concept of two guys coming out at the same time. It adds just another level of creativity uh, to the Royal Rumble concept. We saw a lot of great teams. Um, Santana and Ortiz uh, were picked by Matt and Steve. They did show up early. Um, I picked John Silver and Alex Reynolds. They showed up a lot later, but Top Flight didn't show up for Charlie. So he was able to submit a late pick and he went with Pac and Ray Phoenix. Smart pick because Ray Phoenix and Pac did end up taking this. And I thought this was the most fun match of the night for me personally. Although there was botches, I just really like this. Like I said, this, this two tag team element it just kind of like just builds a little bit more enthusiasm because just more more elements more teamwork i just i just like it um the cooperation between two teams plus you know like i mentioned last week i'm like who is this bear country team you get to see more tag teams put more faces in a contest those guys impressed me um i mean jungle boy and uh Luchasaur was weren't even uh, on our card when I looked at the card. They weren't even on it. I didn't even know they'd be participating. They would have been a strong yeah. team to go with, and they did make it to the third to last team. So they got to show out a little bit. It was just a really great display of talent. Uh, the Dark Order, 
had multiple teams in there. Good for them. Everybody got a little time. The Butcher and Blade look great. But, uh, yeah, what are your thoughts, guys, on um, this match? Yeah, I think uh, it was a lot of fun. And I, there was only one stretch of time that I was like, oh, my God, another team's coming out and another. <laughs> it was yeah. a period of time where I was like, okay, they, they could wrap that part up. But, no, I think it did a nice job of showcasing lots of guys uh, like Cesar Bononi. Like, he yeah. had, like they really he had some nice moments even. And right. uh, just as the big guy. And then, yeah, Luchasaurus. Um, and, of course, you know, coming down to – Ray Phoenix and Jungle Boy just lighten right. it up. That was great. It was so good. And yeah, uh, yeah I think everybody got their time. You know, it was a nice showcase of the strongest tag team division in all of wrestling. And um, I'm mm-hmm. thrilled that Phoenix and Pac won because they're just outstanding. And exactly. I think Penta, you know, hopefully Penta gets a singles run out of this. And Yeah, he was great. He was great, too. Yeah, I... I agree with both of you guys. I mean, it's Mike, to your point, this probably was match of the night in hindsight. Um, you know, if, if you're thinking about, you know, just any match on the card in general, I think um, there was a lot of great moments in this. Every team looked good at some point, like, you know, you mentioned right. like everybody had their spot, um, which is great. Cause it makes every team look at least relevant, if not like right. a contender for the tag team titles, which just sh- goes to show you how stacked, this tag team division. Oh yeah. Um, right. Mm-hmm. The very end with yeah. jungle boy and Ray Phoenix, I started actually having uh, issues with the feed that I was getting to watch the pay-per-view. So I ended up not getting all the audio. So I think I may go back and rewatch it because what I was able to see looked really cool and they did a oh, great yeah. job building up to it and sort of having that be the crescendo at the end of the match. Yeah. I, I killed it. Yeah, for sure. Like, what a great way to end it. I yeah. I thought it was kind of crazy that they had Pac and Phoenix, like, together as a team. I think it's the right move, though. And we've talked about this on past podcasts. Like, Phoenix is, he, and I think I mentioned this last week, he's main evented, I forget how many of the last Dynamites. So, three. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think Tony Khan is super high on him, which makes sense. Yeah. So why not, you know, put him in contention for a title at least. Um, and I, w- I, I really hope that we get to see Pac and Phoenix versus the Young Bucks soon because that match would, is just going to blow my mind. Yeah, you know, if they're not going to – they kind of did that with Omega and, and Paige. If you're not going to – if there's not room right now for Pac at the top and on the, in, this, you know, the, in the world title picture – Give them this run, and I think yeah, it'll be it'll it'll kind of hold them over, and those guys will be you know if they win the titles, they'd be perfectly credible tag team. So it's a nice use of Pac for now. Yeah, and uh, again, I think I this is another reason why I like this match. You started as a tag team, and then by the end, you can strip it down to like a uh, climactic traditional Royal Rumble uh, way of ending, where it's like who's going to go over the ropes. So. I don't know. I really enjoyed it. Hats off to them. I'm, I'm going to continue to be excited anytime there's a casino tag team battle royale. Um, tough match <laughs> to follow uh, that casino tag team battle royale was Sheeta versus the Japanese champion. One of you guys help me out with the name real quick. Ryo Misunami. Appreciate it. Um, I used my mulligan to take her to be the champ. Uh, there was only one person out of our group that took Sheeta. That was Steve. Uh, so he gained a point on all of us there. We're group texting during this match. 
And uh, we were all mentioning how it kind of dragged and lagged a little bit. But um, did you guys have anything to to mention about this? Your thoughts? Yeah, I I think I think you're right. I think the fact that this followed the tag team battle royale really put it at a disadvantage. But at the same time, I don't know where else you'd put it on the card, right? So I mean, there is that. Sure. Um, it definitely did start off slow, like you said. I think. Despite that, though, there were some really cool spots in this match, um, like Sheeta doing, I forget the name of the move, but it's almost like an inverted pile driver on the ramp, mm-hmm. sort of. That, that was, was a really vicious looking spot. Um, it, yeah, It was really weird to me. And maybe I just, I, I, I had a long weekend, obviously, and was like overly tired at this point. <laughs> keep that in mind. But uh, the beginning of this match felt very uneven to me and I was spending most of my time just trying to figure out who was supposed to be playing like this weird face heel dynamic throughout the match. Um, it almost felt like she was trying to play the heel, but then she baby faced herself like five minutes later and then flipped back again. It was very confusing to follow. Um, and so we did get a lot of good spots out of it. I think towards the end of the match, it started to pick up a little bit of steam um, but yeah. even by then I had sort of drifted and not really, you know, had much investment in it. Now, granted, I have not followed the women's, uh, world championship eliminator tournament. So I wasn't familiar with Rio, Rio Misunami before this match. Um, so, you know, unfortunately I didn't really have a lot of, I guess, you know, I didn't really care who won the match. It, it would have been interesting to see a title change. I think in hindsight, it's good. They kept it on Cheetah. And then post-match we saw Nyla Rose come out with Vicky Guerrero. And there were some shenanigans after that. So I think it's pretty obvious who the next uh, contender for the title is going to be. I do yeah. think though, it, it is kind of a disappointment to see all this effort for the women's tournament um, just sort of peak at this point and end in what was a, fairly straightforward women's match so Mm -hmm. it it was what it was it was very up and down there were some good spots in it so i would say if you go back and check it out i'm sure there's some good stuff in it um but overall if you're not following the women's division very closely it kind of hard to get invested in this one yeah i feel like maybe they were uh it was like a dream match to some you know like if you know the participants but it's sort of the um if you don't know them, it's, it's the, the, you know, they put on a very good wrestling match, but in the absence of a story or anything to care about, it was just really hard to get into. And I think that was my, pro- it's, it's actually kind of my problem with Sheeta. I think she's a perfectly talented wrestler, but they haven't had a whole lot of good stories with her. So she's just a good wrestler holding the title. And, yeah, right. um, I just, yeah, I think, you know, like they kind of broached that with Abaddon and, it, you know, it's silly, but it, it actually gave you something to kind of be interested right. in. And uh, sure. her match with Thunder Rosa was good, but I just, yeah, I think there was nothing wrong with the match other than it just, I don't want to say it was, it was pointless, but it, yeah. yeah, it was just a match. Yeah. And you know what? You, you can see great matches anywhere on a week to week basis. There needs to be some story behind it. Yeah. Well, plus when you're thrown, you know, that casino battle Royale with all these names that you might not know. And then you get thrown another person you don't know with no story. It, it's all, it almost was like 45 minutes to an hour of something that you're, there's really no story for your uh, attention to really get attached to. So yeah, that was kind of interesting when you guys broke it down like that. Charlie, did you have anything to add at all for the women's match? Yeah, no, Matt kind of said it perfectly. It was, um, it started low, then got better. 
And yeah. you know, as it started going, and it, I, it was just a, it was just a come down a bathroom bake and a hot dog kind of match. You, you don't have to watch all of it. You know, they they can't just keep throwing stuff at you. So that was like a come down to chill right. out. You know, good pacing. You gotta, you gotta build a card like that because you can't keep the crowd up For the sure. whole time. You, they had you know a couple couple other good matches down the line. So it was it was okay. They need to get the For belt sure. off and check soon it's getting old um mm-hmm. put it on i mean they should put it on baker i, I would put it on baker over right. nyla mm-hmm. baker's been doing good she's been doing killer mic work this this last year she got most improved wrestler her her, her, her stuff in the ring has gotten better for sure and i think mm-hmm. it's just time to give her a run because she's a good heel She's pretty yep, good. Heel. Yeah. 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 Give her a nice run where, where Thunder Rosa chases her and then whoever. Exactly. Else, exactly. Yeah. Then give her the yeah. Thunder Rosa. Yep. Exactly. I was going to say call. the exact That's, same thing. Like, I yeah. couldn't agree more. I feel like the women's division is really getting strong. And you have yeah. Rip Baker, Thunder Rosa, Nyla Rose, like all these really solid characters. But then you have like Cheetah holding the belt, who isn't really involved in any storylines. And it feels very disconnected. So. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of unfortunate. Like, I feel like AEW is sort of treating that the women's championship as a placeholder for pay per views is kind of the come down match. Um, and I just hope it doesn't hurt the image of the women's division longer term. So hopefully they figure something out with what they want to do with the belt, um, get it off Sheeta, like Charlie was saying, and then we can start to get into some more like well involved, entertaining, really good storylines. Yeah. I think um, that's what the women's division has been lacking. If it was lacking, anything was um, a belt holder that can be on the mic and like literally create a circus and dramatic with uh, connecting with the audience. I think, I think a lot of thing happened with the AEW's women's division COVID hit, which made things complicated. They probably wanted um, Britt Baker to be the champion way earlier, but she got hurt so they kind of had to pick up the pieces, but in the meantime, built something really, really strong. And I think, yeah, in this upcoming year, I think we're going to see um, a well-rounded AEW women's division with a champ that can create some good stories, some good buzz. It's going to be really fun coming up here. So, yeah, I like where it's headed. I like where things are headed with Miro and Kip Sabian. After this was a match that could have been a wild card. It could have went any other way. We uh, sweetened the pot a little bit by whoever guessed who will pin, who will win and who will get the pin at an extra point, which came in handy for the best friends, Steve and Matt. They picked uh, Miro and Kip to win this match. Miro both uh, pinning Chuck, but by this way, by submission, same thing. So they got the bonus point. Um, This was a, you know, this was another one of those matches where it could have been go to the bathroom, get a hot dog. Was it better than that? Or was it, you know, right on line with that? I think uh, this definitely could have been on dynamite. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I, I so I'm going to, I'm going to share my very blatant thoughts on this one for a second. This whole storyline with Kip Sabian and Miro like sucks and it has since day one and i don't know why they continue to push this story like if miro's not getting over by any means in this storyline 
And Kip Sabian just kind of looks like this weak wimp on the sidelines with a pretty good looking wife. So you have that. Um, I think the one thing this match did do, if I want to give it one positive, is you had that moment where Miro um, knocked Penelope Ford off the apron. So that's obviously going to service Kip Sabian and Miro starting to split, which is great because please God, just let this storyline end. Um, even once it does, though, Miro to me, I every time I see him and I see him wrestle, I can't not think of Rusev. And I think he needs to do something on his own or have a new storyline before I'm going to start to see him as this new character. Um, I think some of the work he did in this match was really good. Like some of the moves he was doing, I've never seen him do before. And he's uh, looking real good too. He was so trim faster. looking. Yeah. yeah. He's so agile and jacked now. It's really amazing. Yeah. To watch. He's got no, now they just need to pair that with a great story. And I think they can do something with him, but every day that he spends in this Kip Sabian angle is hurting him more and more. Right. I, I was surprised like, he looked that good being yeah. on Twitch, on Twitch, like being on the couch player. I thought he would kind of let go a little bit. He's looking Opposite. more focused than ever. Yeah, he was always, you know, I mean, he was always big but athletic. Now he's like lean, and man, he has like like no gut. And I mean, that dude looks good. And uh, you know, if I had to, uh, I'm trying to figure out what they've been doing with him. I think everybody's trying to figure out what they've been doing with this storyline. But the only thing I can think of is that you know, Rusev was this just brute, like kick everybody's ass brute, where the real Miro is like this pretty hilarious dude. And I feel like they've tried kind of maybe a little too hard to emphasize the personality and the, you know, and the goofy side of him. And it just, we, you know, it's there. We all know he has it, but I think this story just kind of was too manufactured. And yeah, I'd love to see them move on from it. And um, I, I would, you know, I, it was funny because not only did he bump, Penelope but then he was like clearly even after that like making it more about the match than her well-being so I imagine that's where it's going to be the problem and he's like yelling at Sabian to get in the ring and stuff so I god please I hope yeah I'm with Matt I hope they end this like Miro's capable of so much more yeah I think you can wrestle with anybody like put him in a match with anyone I mean up against Jungle Boy put him up against Lance Archer, put him up against Hobbs, you know, and and, like I, the guy's in shape and he's ready to work. I think they just have to let him be himself and let it kind of naturally develop. And I think the crowd will attract because the hottest he's ever been is when it was Rusev day. I think that was just a genuine thing that came out and it was hot. I think they, he can find it again. So Charlie, did you have anything to add about this one or? Yeah, it was just, like you said, it was a, it was a, I, I, I said it again, not leather. I, I was, it's a thunder match. No, it's, it should be a dynamite. It's just a not pay per view quality match. It's yeah. I mean, they could have, they could have. I mean, they could have did something else. You know, they could have put FTR in a match. You know, why weren't they on the show? You know, exactly. instead of. But it was just, it was an okay match. Rusev looked good. I, yeah, I thought they would. Um, I thought they would put those guys over, but yeah. Um. But they went with um. But they went with getting getting um, trying to get a uh, Rusev over to make him bigger. So yeah, he needed him more. Yeah, Miro. Cassidy so. can <laughs> Cassidy can absorb a loss or two, right? Now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I didn't think about that. Yeah, he'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, that was okay. Nothing special. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, speaking of another nothing special match, uh, we'll get through the Adam Page versus Matt Hardy match. Uh, we all picked Adam Page across the board. We were all correct. <laughs> uh, beat Matt Hardy. I, I think we could all see that coming. Um, the only thing that really impressed me was just how friendly the Dark Order and Adam Page continue to be, even though Adam Page doesn't acknowledge them as you know friendly. The Dark Order has done nothing to get him riled up and be against them. So it's kind of still interesting to see what that storyline is going on. But um, overall this match, you know, I was happy when it started. And as soon as it ended, I was even happier. <laughs> um, I, I mean, not, it's no knock. I just not, I just don't like that pairing. Um, Adam page, I think is great. Um, the guy does it all, but he's, you kind of see the same moves out of him. I think to be more, get more out of Adam page. You have to pair him up with another guy that can bring more out of him. Like when they had the Kenny feud, you saw a little bit more. Um, I would love to see Adam page go up against some bigger heavy hitters and I know we'll see it, but yeah, I just didn't know what this match had to, had to do on this card as well. Kind of. Yeah. I I I agree with you, Mike. I think part of it is um, I'm pretty confident. We're starting to see Matt Hardy at the tail end of his career now. So when you take that into account, just thinking about like him against a talent, like hangman, Adam page, that's quite a pairing. So, you know, without exposing Matt Hardy too much, they probably had to find that balance as far as like, what moves should he do? What moves can he do? So yeah, unfortunately this was another dynamite special where easily could have been on dynamite. Um, right. Yeah. And, and I think that's where this pay-per-view for me, it kind of started to drift even more. Um, there was a lot of, like TV worthy matches in the middle of this show. And it really sandbagged the middle of it. Cause you start off with the young bucks versus the inner circle. You, you're just rocking and rolling after that match ready for, you know, who knows what. And you're also thinking, okay, this is revolution. This is like the pay-per-view for AEW that they always live up to. Um, and they had also advertised a ton of really exciting stuff for this pay-per-view. So, right. you know, when we get on to this third match between Adam Page and Matt Hardy, where it easily could have been a TV match or there, there were stakes tied to it, but nobody really cared about the stakes. They weren't, it wasn't convincing enough and there wasn't like enough meat on the bone. Um, it, I think this match really was where I started to fall off on the whole paper. Mm-hmm. Um, I think had these matches either been a little bit shorter or just either cut one of them or replaced it with something else. I think they could have done more to like help lift everybody up for, you know, the last few matches of this pay-per-view, but yeah, as a whole, I think again, TV worthy match. I don't think it was a good idea putting this on the card, uh, as the third of three TV worthy matches. So it, yeah, not more, not much more I can say about that. Yeah, I don't have much to add. I think that that says it all. Um, it was, again, perfectly good match quality-wise, but the story was never that much to begin with. And I am just kind of curious. I, gotta, I don't know. I like the Dark Order a lot, and I kind of like the fun that they bring, but I'm kind of getting to the point where it's like, okay, you've done like the kind of this respectful period for Brody Lee. You know, it's and I love that they they can still incorporate his son, but the Dark Order's got to have something slightly. I mean, they got to. I don't know. This has got to go somewhere, and I don't know exactly. what that is. I know I no longer know where they go with this because they don't really have any 
you know, they kind of have Matt Hardy's team like against them, but not really. And they need something. They need an edge or they need somebody to fight with. I don't know where this Adam Page thing's going. Like, yeah. unless there's some like, big twist coming up. They're on like, they're fringing on just two different fronts between comedy and like heelish, like mystery. But then when you throw a wild card in there, like Colt Cabana, uh, who's like doesn't fit, and now they're trying to put Adam Page in there too. It's just kind of like muddies the water a little bit too uh, for me as well. So I'm excited to see where it's developing, but you know, the longer it drags out, I just don't think it hurts. I, I think it hurts their stock a little bit more than helps it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, to get back up on the upswing, let's go into the six man uh, ladder match. Uh, Charlie and I picked Scorpio Sky out of a pretty good lineup of of wrestlers. Uh, we were victorious. Scorpio Sky yep. nabbed the brass ring and oversized brass <laughs> ring. I I really <laughs> like that a lot. Yep, that was pretty good. How to go reaching for the brass ring? There was a slot open. Um, we weren't sure who was going to be entered as the sixth contestant. Uh, that came to light in the form of Ethan Page. I knew nothing about this guy. Uh, apparently, he's from Impact. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I I knew of his name, but I never even seen him. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, another guy on on the show again, like where you're getting thrown so many new names that, that might have been another contributing factor of maybe the underwhelmment of the buildup that they gave it. Um, but yeah, this match was pretty awesome. I mean, everybody in there is super, super talented. We saw Lance Archer. We saw, um, who else in there? Cody Penta Penta, uh, this Ethan page guy. And yeah, uh, there was some big spots, big, big spots. And um, I, I like a good six-man ladder match. I think NXT made it famous. I think they did it better than anybody uh, over the last couple of years. So to see some new blood in there, get some new creativity going. And then, yeah, we were we were hoping for a little Scorpio Sky uh, rub. We saw it. I hope he does well. Where, where we'll go. It's Charlie and my buddy. We had, we had breakfast with him. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah it was cool. Yeah, this uh, I think this match as a whole, Mike, to your point, great spots in this match. Um, I think that there was something about it and maybe it's coming off the back of these last three matches. um, But there's something about this match that for whatever reason, it never really felt like it kicked into full gear for me. Um, And I I can't exactly articulate why that is. I think it it was an interesting mix of people. the, the one spot that still sticks out to me is Pentagon's Canadian destroyer to Cody on the ladder outside. Yeah. The yeah. Like oh. That was incredible. Um, but beyond that, there isn't really a specific moment I can recall, except for Lance Archer choke slamming everyone. I don't know why that stands out in my mind too, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, it just felt very disconnected, almost like everyone was trying to get their shit in and then get over with the match. So mm-hmm. I don't know. And, and maybe it's the brass ring, the shot at the TNT title. I do think it's cool. They put it on Scorpio sky for this. Um, mm-hmm. He was recently on the AEW unrestricted podcast and, you know, Charlie, Steve, you guys, you know, were fortunate enough to have breakfast with them just totally <laughs> randomly, which sounds awesome because, yeah. um, well, obviously he's pro wrestler. Why wouldn't you want to, but 
um, listening to AEW Unrestricted, he just comes off as this so like super cool guy that That's I would it. love to hang out with. Like yeah. he just seems very genuine. Um, he's got like really interesting, cool, somewhat unique hobbies. And um, he also has his own podcast turns out too. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. 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 He's been doing that for that guy for a while. Yeah. So it just comes off as a really nice guy. I'm really happy for him. I hope he does well. He's a great wrestler. So if he yeah. is the guy to become the next TNT champion, I'd be cool with that. Yeah, I hope so. And I, I hope that they, I, I actually hope they pull the trigger on it. I think Darby's great, but it's a perfect time to do it. You know, he, he, he and Sting, as we'll talk about shortly, won, but it took a lot out of him. So it seems like a perfect thing three days later or whatever it is that he just doesn't have enough left to hold on to the title. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it kind of, the story writes itself. I hope they do it that way. And Scorpio, Scorpio needs it. Big to time. keep the momentum going. Yeah, I yeah. think they like Scorpio there too. Yeah. Seems- Everybody credits him as the most athletic guy there and one of the most genuine guys there. That's cool. Yeah. I'm sure I've told it. this story before, but I just, I can, I mean, just the, that whole breakfast thing. I just remember like, cause it's like he was sitting at a different table and Charlie and my friend and I just complimented him on the, you know, Hey, good, you know, good showing. And then you could just see him sitting there kind of, you know, he's sitting there by himself and it kind of had like this moment where he's thinking and he's like, ah, and he just kind of picked this stuff up and came up. It's like, he, he thought about it and thought, Oh, this is the cool, this is the good thing to do. Yeah. So it was, it was just so genuine. Yeah. And I, like I didn't I I think I've said this before too. I didn't know who he was at that time. And yeah. I knew him from Ring of Honor. Got a friend for or he's got a fan for life from me because of that oh, moment. Totally. So I'm I'm always rooting for him now. So yeah. yeah. What restaurant was that at? Do it was remember? at the Marriott Hotel uh yeah. oh, all okay. all out weekend. So well, and, say, yeah, I think, yeah. and it was pretty much I think we figured out where most of the wrestlers were staying. Yeah. And my yeah. buddy my buddy was staying there, so we went and met him for breakfast because he got yep. some breakfast or whatever. Oh, it was a nice, it was a nice breakfast, saw, yeah. We yeah, saw we Cassidy, saw, sweet. Chuck. Yeah, yeah we, saw, we, saw, yeah, exactly. we saw the other guys in SCU. Yeah, 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 yeah we saw yeah, Kazarian and uh, Daniels. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Awesome. Man, if I didn't know what I know now, I would have definitely went over to Orange Cassidy and got a, and got a pick with him because he oh was my like – gosh, yeah. Yeah. Now he's we like one easily. of the tight draws, yeah. Yeah, we could have marked out on all of them if we so, wanted to. I should mm-hmm. share the picture on uh, on our Instagram. But so, you know, I've mentioned on the podcast before, there's this wrestling game I play that's a, a card game, like with dice. And the silly part of it is I like, they have a, like a Legends version with real wrestlers, and then they have this fantasy one that's in the future. And <laughs> the I'm, one you play all the time. Yeah, the one I play is fantasy. <laughs> it's in the future. But anyway... So years ago, the guy who created the game convinced these indie wrestlers at some show, some local show, to act as wrestlers from the futuristic game. And at the time, I'm like, oh, and I remember seeing a picture and I'm like, oh, these guys don't look like much. Well, they reposted it yesterday. The guys who play the wrestle were Trent. Damn. And... um, and, Chuck. Uh, Orange Cass- Chuck, yeah, Chuck and, and Orange Cassidy were the yeah. two that wrestled as guys from this game. And it was like he stood in the picture. They, you know, they look a lot younger, but it was like, oh yeah. my God. And now look where they are. Yeah. That's awesome. Pretty yeah. amazing. Like just yeah. That even 
Yeah, I mean that's that's way more deep cut than yeah like, a lot of stories I've heard. But you know, I I even think back to back when NXT was good, and you would see some of these people come up, yeah, mm-hmm. like main eventing WrestleMania. So right. yeah, it's just cool to see the progression of pro wrestlers from the indie yes. scene to like oh yeah, well known. It's, it's like when um before AJ went like seeing AJ and Samoa Joe at Turner Hall and Ring of Honor shows, dude. It was like. Right. You know, it's it's like it was so cool seeing those guys. You know, right before they went to WWE, it was like you know I saw Adam Page, I saw all those guys at for Ring of Honor and Turner Hall. It was so cool seeing them there. You know, mm-hmm. it yeah. was just yeah, it was it was the second golden age of wrestling. Then before all these guys made their big up, you know, they moved up to the to the make you know the big leagues and stuff. You know, the Bucks and all those guys. So cool, like Adam Cole. One of the best matches I ever that I saw was Adam Cole and uh switch and switchblade uh Jay White. And I didn't realize how I, I saw Jay White, he and, it, and, that, and that's when he was got had gotten started getting really good, and they were gonna push him in New Japan nice. before he went back over there. And like one of the best matches was him and Adam Cole that night, and they just tore the house down. And it wasn't oh, even I'm the main sure. event, you know. Yeah, it was wow. it was just great, dude, you know. That's amazing. There's something yeah. um, there's something about wrestling that kind of like runs parallel to music. I think, you know, like when you first see a yeah, band totally. that nobody oh, knows yeah. about yeah. and like oh, yeah, you totally. kind of form this connection with them and you see it yeah. in like a small venue, yeah. and you like see them open for a bigger band. And it's just yeah. like seeing yeah. your child, like yeah. something that you carried with you, oh, yeah. something yeah. that you carried with you and you see it grow and then when yeah. they get big, it's almost like, well, yep. they don't need me anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, everybody likes yep. them. Everybody's, yep. you know, yep. you're almost you like just, a pop, yep. proud parent. That's what's good about finding those guys or following those those when they those little feds when they first start out because like they're hanging out in the parking lot after the show, after the matches, they're kind of walking around through the crowd, and you know, it's just real. It's like it's that whole small independent. Knowing like knowing the guys before they got big and going, these guys are really good, you know, like Broderick Strong, you know. You'd see him right. he he'd have his match early ring of honor and he'd just be out in the crowd walking around afterwards, you know. It's great. Well, we yeah. forget that they're just normal people like us and probably yeah. like has struggled way oh, worse than years. us. Oh yeah. You know? yeah. Like, yeah. Whenever you're feeling bad about yourself, I mean, that's why I just have so much respect for wrestlers. They oh, have totally. to make that first step to put on the boots and step through those ropes and know that they're going to go through a life of pain if they um, stay yeah. with it long enough and a life of poverty not, pretty much. Yep, and not getting a lot of money. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So that's why I I mean the reason I love talking with you guys, we got to keep this uh art form alive and talk about it because I mean they they're awesome i mean yep. i respect the hell out of these guys for doing what they do putting their bodies on the line for our entertainment and for what they love and i respect that absolutely and real quickly just to keep this feel-good conversation going i want to switch this for just a moment um because i think we're about to get to some of the big matches of the night but before we do that um there's a weekly segment that we always have and <laughs> After seeing the card for tonight's episode of Monday Night Raw, I don't know what it's going to look like, but you know what that means. It's now time for Charlie's Corner. (laughs) Charlie, I know you've been quiet tonight when it comes to Monday Night Raw, but 
tell give the people what they want. What, what's going on? <laughs> Got to give the people what they want. Ah, uh, yeah, not too much. I, I mean, a uh, couple things I noticed. Some of the they have uh, AJ and Orton wrestling tonight. I don't know why, but <laughs> they're the, they're your goal. They're, they're, they're your final match, man. They're your final match of the night. Um. Um, I, I, I know Lashley beat I don't know why they went with Lashley and Miz again it's like just a waste of time yeah You're why are you wasting your money putting that on TV yeah it, it goes back to the whole they're going with Daniel or Daniel Brian Daniels versus yeah uh, Roman Reigns at the main pay-per-view why you know where that's going as well you know yeah. you'd be better off just doing a tag team match you know you know he's going to mania he's gonna have to job out again but one funny thing is they're they had this big thing on uh women's month and they're sponsoring all this stuff so they had this thing and they have um um uh rusev's wife and um What's a what? Uh, Naomi come out and they're dancing like you know, just dancing around like hookers. And <laughs> this big women's month thing, but we got these women yeah. out here dancing sexy. You know, it's like wow, yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah. We kind of defeated the oh, purpose yeah. there. You know, it's, much. someday they'll figure out what women's month actually is all about. Yeah, exactly. It's women's empowerment is not to be dancing and gyrating around, but yet they yet they were. This is good. <laughs> Charlie's Corner. Not much to bitch about tonight. That doesn't surprise me at all with them. But what yep. did surprise me was the cinematic match between Sting with Darby Allen versus Team Tez, Brian Cage, and Ricky Starks. I, uh, we, okay, so we knew going into this yep. that it was going to be cinematic. And we knew going into this that Sting and Darby Allen were going to win. We all picked it across the board. All we yep. had to do is watch it go down. And this was something new. Yep. Very interesting. Uh, I, I won't talk too much about it. I'll let somebody else take the ball. Anybody want to offer their first initial thoughts? Go for it. Yeah, I'll start. I'll start. Go. Yeah, I thought it was great um, for cinematic match because it was like it really was a match. They used the ring. I'll give Sting credit. There was, I mean, he was like getting thrown around, getting beat up. He was literally taking the bumps. So even though it was cinematic, it was still like he was taking the bumps and just to shit Darby when they threw him through the glass pane, then going off that, then when he went off, jumped through, jumped through yeah, the story. thing. Yeah, yeah, I was like, holy shit, dude. I, I popped for that, dude. It was, um, yeah. It was good, you know, it was because they were fighting, you know, it was a it was a good street fight. It wasn't like the Undertaker, AJ disappearing and this and that and all this right. other stuff. I thought it was I thought it was really good for those type of matches. I totally agree. And I Charlie, I know you just mentioned AJ and the Undertaker. And I th- yeah. I did think of the Boneyard match when I saw this, but I think it was more yeah. just the style of the match. Not, definitely not yeah. how it was worked. Um the spot that you mentioned with Darby Allen going through the glass, my God, that was incredible. Um, just so vicious. And the three-story coffin drop, like there were so many great spots in this match. But I do agree with you. I think the fact that Sting made himself look good in this match just goes to show, like, it, it's incredible. 61 years old, the guy's still doing it like, you know. Yeah. He's probably slowed down a little bit. I don't know. He looked good. In the WCW days, but man, he looked good in this match. Yeah. 
it was truly entertaining. The, yeah. If I had to criticize two things, and this is really getting nitpicky, but for the sake of the podcast, why not? Um, I think that the music that played during this match took me out of it just a little bit. Um, and also just the fact that the commentators were doing commentary over it, you know, like it was a live match. I, I think had the music not been there, it might've gelled a little bit better, but again, that's the only thing I can really think of that kind of took me out of it. Everything else. I, I really liked this match. I thought this was probably the coolest thing they could have done with sting, especially cinematically. I'm, I'm just going to disagree with you. I like the music in it really? uh, during the match because I love Sting's Sting's music to begin with, just as, just as a personal preference, but how the, for many reasons, like you said, Matt, I love this match on a number of levels because if you're going to invest all this time and money into an older veteran that is so loved by so many for weeks and weeks and weeks building up to it, and then do it in this style of a cinematic match, they can do multiple takes to make them look like a superhero, like an action star, like in a movie or a video game, something like that. It's it's honestly pretty brilliant because then you can get like these reactions, make them look good because I mean, it could, a, a sting, a sting match, uh, with Darby Allen versus Team Taz could end up like the crown jewel match of Goldberg and Undertaker. There's a lot of risk there. You kind of take the risk of having somebody that's a little past, you know, playing on the back uh, nine of their career, keeping them safe, protecting them, protecting your investment in them, and also provide something brand new in an era where everybody is stay at home playing video games, watching, you know, movies in high def, you can shoot something like that and offer wrestling in a way where anybody who likes action films or just cinema or video games in general can be like, Oh, wow. Yeah, that was really cool. So I think it's, I think it's cool. Um, just outside of just the match itself, but I do like how they brought the ring into it, separating yes. it from the Broneyard match, separating yep, it from totally. the Stadium Stampede match, where yep. it's, you know, pretty loose and just wild, yep. keeping it where, you know, what matters in the ring between the ropes. So yeah, this was really fun for me. It was awesome. I actually can't wait to go back and watch it again. Yeah, I would I completely agree. I I am not a cinematic fan typically. Like the Boneyard match did nothing for me. The the Stadium Stampede just the sheer spectacle of it was fun. But it's not something I need to see very often, even in a pandemic. And I'm sure because I'm a sting mark, it was a big factor. But I really thought they just did the perfect like if you're gonna do a cinematic match. It's hard to do better than this one because it was filmed awesome.ly It had the ring in yeah. there, so it felt like it still was kind of true to wrestling. Sting looked like a million bucks, even though he's sixty-one. Yep. Just to yeah. interject really quick, Steve, they did have like some time continuum throughout it too, like yeah. where the guys were and how they moved the camera yeah. from different yeah. shot to yeah. shot. Yeah. It was it was it was way different than what we used to see. Way more. But yeah, keep going, Steve. Sorry. No, I just, yeah, I thought it was really, everybody got their moment. I mean, it, and I think even though the announcing was at first strange because they're, you know, it's obviously pre recorded and they're live. Yeah. But I think Taz is always great on the mic and just, he's yeah. not just like stupid heel Taz, like where, you know, like JBL or now Corey Graves, where they just, 
regurgitate this like like yeah. he actually gets emotional about it and he'll occasionally give credit to the other guys and he just kind of rides the wave of it like he, he it's just i don't know he's he, he i thought taz lent a lot to it too I think that's the other cool thing that I like about this style is it almost puts a little more accountability and pressure on the announce team where it's like, okay, we kind of shot this masterful match. Now you guys who get paid this money, all you got to do is watch it and be yourselves and genuinely deliver the reactions. The re- like the moves are going to come. You just be ready for when they do, right? So I think that is kind of a little exciting too. And I think they'll tighten that up. I think um, the more we see out of these matches, the better it'll get. Absolutely. I I agree, and I stand corrected, Mike. You make some great points. Um, So, uh, again, just to switch gears for just a moment to quote Michael Cole, uh, I noticed Charlie's making some motions a little bit ago over there. Um, so I want to kick it back over to him because I feel like something may have developed on Monday Night Raw. Taking his head out. Well, we're going to find out right now because it's now time for Charlie's Corner. Charlie, round two. What do you got for yeah, yeah. If you waited long enough, you'll see something stupid on the show. Um, so, you know, they had the match and then they had Alexa Bliss come out with her goofy um, bean looking gimmick on, on the monitor she lights the match and then all of a sudden Randy Orton just starts vomiting this black stuff out of his mouth <laughs> during the match based on her psychic powers for lighting a match in the back room area and he ended up losing the match because of it just hey, we, stupid we were just, just talking about how Papa Shango needs to come back with that angle with the voodoo well, there you got uh, some voodoo right there, dude. <laughs> you got Warrior was puking cream corn. Yeah, uh, in the back. <laughs> if wow. this is like uh, oil or something, God. There was some black. Yeah, it looked like oil coming out of his mouth. Some black stuff. It's just, just bad. Just bad. And, and it, that being said, this has been Charlie's Corner. <laughs> Man. Always got to love the Charlie's Corners here on Keep the Kayfabe. We got one more match to go over tonight. And, um, oh, do we ever. It is, <laughs> it is between John Moxley and current champ Kenny Omega in the exploding barbed wire match. Um, okay. Like we said, there was a bunch of highs and lows in this match. Uh, or not match uh, in this pay-per-view leading up to this match. Everybody's pretty anxious for it. And, uh, and again, like doing that cinematic match before um, this one got uh, the crew an opportunity to get the ring ready to set the explosives, get everything that needed to be done uh, while that match was playing and still put on a live show. That being said, I was expecting a lot when we got to this match because, um, you know, there was so much buildup. John Moxley's probably going to go off TV for a little while. Uh, you know, it's it's Kenny Omega and John Moxley, goddammit, revolution. And then the match starts. The, the referee is in um, protective gear, which I thought was pretty funny. Probably a lot of people thought it was cheesy. I thought, I, I mean, I like, I it you know funny. me, I love yeah. anything creative. I'm for it. Fuck it. But, um, okay. The ring 
three sections of it were tied up in barbed wire. Uh, there was a rope that was just normal, and you could throw. They could use that, which I thought was kind of smart, so they could just kind of diversify the match a little bit, not just with all the pain and explosives. But um, yeah, there were some big spots in here. Uh, there was an ending, but we can maybe. Should I get your initial thoughts, boys? Your feelings before we get into the ending, how it shook up? Sure. Okay. How are you, how are your guys' feelings as the match went on before we got to the big finish? Big. I thought, finish. I, thought it, I thought it was a good match. I'm not into like those kind of death matches like that. It's not that's I like the high spots and just crazy risks, but I'm not into the barbed wire and blood and cutting yourself. But I thought it was cool, you know, when they went off the ropes and they were exploding. It was I, I yeah. thought it was a good match and everything as well too. I thought I liked it up until you know the dud at the end. Yeah, right. I, I agree. Um I liked the match. I think it was interesting. So Dave Meltzer talked a little bit today about this match and he made a really good point, which is um, a lot of death matches and I haven't seen any before this. So keep that in mind, but supposedly death matches from the nineties that happened a lot in Japan were mostly about just throwing people into the barbed wire. You constantly yep. explosions, stuff like that. This was worked a lot differently where Moxley and Omega were constantly trying to, stay away from the explosives and the barbed wire and everything, which was kind of cool because you had no clue what was coming. If you haven't mm-hmm. seen that match before. So it kind of built the suspense a little bit. And then I think when we saw the first contact with the ropes and the first explosion and puff of smoke, um, that was kind of cool. It definitely made me laugh a little bit, like in a good way, not like, Oh, that's yeah. so ridiculous. But like, Oh, just like, you know, gleefully almost like, yes, this yep. is really cool. I like this. Um, and then once the first rope bump happened, we saw like a double rump rope, rope yeah, cool. yeah. to Omega. That was pretty cool. Um, so they did a good job kind of yeah. escalating things um, with what they had. I thought it was cool. Um, but then it started to get weird because I think when they first went to the outside and there were the explosives on the floor, I was really excited to see how that differed. Um, so Moxley pulls a paradigm shift on Omega onto a barbed wire board on the floor on the outside, which is just insane to think about. Even without an explosive, it would be just a devastating looking move. Um, but then you throw this explosion on top of it and it's almost like the whole board didn't like you would have expected more of an explosion, I guess. Like it almost seemed like half of it was a dud. The other half wasn't. Um, so that kind of threw me off a little bit and started to take me out of it. Um, but you know, fireworks are fireworks. You're going to have duds here and there. So I thought, okay, well, whatever, maybe it'll pick back up. Like had I fantasy booked this, I probably would have done it without the twist at the end, without the good brothers coming out um, a little more straightforward and probably made the match go a little bit longer as well with a few more bumps and, you know, yeah. just building up spots, yeah. ring explosion 30 minutes in. So I, overall, I, I did think it was a good match. I would probably rewatch the match itself. I don't know if I'd watch the post-match angle though. I agree. Yeah. I, I think the book, the good brothers coming at the end was kind of lazy booking. Yeah, easy, easy. It was easy. That does like, ah, it's an easy way out. But I mean, yeah, but it was like, ah, he knew he was going to lose. It was just a matter of um, how. And I, you know, I think we mentioned, you mentioned it too, Mike, in the beginning. I don't think Moxley's going away. I don't think he's going away. 
I guess not. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I thought it was going to be going away too. Yeah. From yeah. that one promo um, that he gave on Dynamite, where it said, you know, because we're so deep into these wrestlers' lives and Instagram, <laughs> you know, they have other things going on other yeah. than their wrestling careers. So yeah. I thought with the baby coming, he was going to take some paternity leave. But yeah, yeah. I mean, not dropping the belt to Kenta the other, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a week couple weeks ago. ago yeah. Yep. Seems like, yeah, maybe he's not going to be going away. So, yeah. Steve, do you have any takeaways real quick? Yeah, I mean, we haven't talked about the ending yet, so I'm going to hold off on that. But but I just, the, the word I would describe this match with, like just as somebody who's a big AEW fan, who really, this was the first pay-per-view that I watched live for AEW since I attended that one. So, <laughs> so I mean, it's like, you know, so I really was kind of emotionally invested. So the mm. word I would describe for the whole thing was kind of heartbreaking because <laughs> they busted their ass and it really, mm-hmm. I mean, there were cheesy moments, but they really made, they put their heart into making this work. And like some oh, of the yeah. things I liked, like, you know, nobody kicks out of the one winged angel, but then Moxley has the comments, like the yeah. sense to like kick the rope to cause the, and then, you know, like Kenny Omega putting water in his eyes because they were burning. That was good. Yeah. yeah. All those details. Well, Everything And was then so don't well forget done. about that, that bat spot, the mm-hmm. barbed wire bat, like that, the slow-mos that they have on a lot of the spots, maybe not the, not the one outside of the ring when it went on the plywood with the barbed wire, but a lot of the slow-mo bumps that they mm-hmm. got between the bat going through the chair with the one winged angels. I mean, they really put their bodies on the line. And I mean, th- it w- it started kind of old school too, with Moxley taking pulls off of a flask. Like, yeah, I, mean, I love that. I'm yeah. really going to get hurt. Awesome. So I better, uh, you know, get a little greased up before I get in there and put my bot. Like, I love yeah. that. And then it looked like Kenny had like some flame retardant hair product in to because so I thought like, wow, there's going to be some big pyro in here because yeah. John's hair is not going to start on fire. If anybody's is, it's going to be Kenny's. So they're taking the precautions on him. Shit. And then when you put Callus on the mic back there, I mean, we were group yeah. texting he how great. he has some just he he entertaining. He really is great. Every time. John Moxley did something very painful. Callus was right there with he, and he just laughed. He didn't say anything. He was just like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, oh yeah. He, he likes the pain. And I can't it's, think of any specific examples right now, but he actually put in some decent insights in the match and those like yeah, did. too. Like I thought it was like he wasn't just again, like I said with Taz earlier, he wasn't just this mm-hmm. one-dimensional corny heel. He actually like brought something to the announcing. Yes. And uh yeah, so it's like everything went to me, like everything was pulled off pretty well. Right. The Which end. brings us yeah. to the end of the well, match. Sorry, Mike. I just right, go quickly, ahead. I got a comment on Don Callis. Um, because I was <laughs> even thinking about this in the beginning of the podcast. That guy can kiss my ass. And <laughs> I think part Damn. of it, yeah. So I don't know if I'm getting worked by him, but he, here's why I say that is because <laughs> I feel like ever since Don Callis showed up in AEW, and especially since he helped Kenny Omega win the world title, to me at least. Kenny Omega's character just sucks. Like, really? I mean, I know he's a heel and he's supposed to be a heel and that's how you should feel about it. 
but I feel like he's kind of getting like, I don't care about Kenny Omega. And it sounds terrible to say that. Like you put him in a match and he's still the same guy. He, he doesn't hardly talk at all. Um, and when he does, it's like, he could go either way. He could be a face. He could be a heel. I can't really tell. I think Don Callis, you know, sending in the good brothers to help him. Like he's just working. Is he working his own guys on this to try and get impact over? Really? Is he, I, I don't know. I just get the vibe that he's in this for like himself and impact. And yes, yeah, absolutely. Like I'm sure he is, but I, I don't know. I think he's doing all this and it's, it's taking away from the mystique of Kenny Omega and how effective Kenny could be if he didn't have Don Callis in this corner. Like that, that's my two yeah. cents on it. Um, and like the ring, ex- like the explosion, which we'll get to as far as like the ring exploding at the end. Like how that went down, I'm blaming it 100% on Don Callis. Because if Kenny Omega can't build an exploding <laughs> right. ring, well, who do you learn that from? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Hot take. Hot take. It's wow. funny. That is funny because I think that that is that is a hot take because um, I don't know. I'm kind of in the group with that Kenny is infinitely more interesting now than before. Like I thought he was boring as a face in AEW up until he turned yep. heel. But, That's uh, how I felt as well. Yeah, like getting to his title shot, I was like, "Yeah, I'm not feeling this." Yeah, so, the minute I, he started talking shit about Hangman after they lost yeah. the titles is when he started getting good. Oh yeah, for sure. Don't get me wrong. Kenny Omega's a heel is the right choice. I think Kenny Omega's a heel without Don Callis is the better choice. That's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I, I like him with Callis. I mean, I I, I think Callis is funny, but I like that kind of. Right, kind of, he's kind of Bobby trying to be Bobby Heenan ish, yeah, kind of yeah, real funny. He has some good barbs, I just why I like him, but oh, yeah, yeah, you know, but probably you know, the most famous one, uh, Kenny Omega is not f- unfamiliar to this. He was doing fist fights in Winnipeg and negative <laughs> below weather, <laughs> just <laughs> off the, the top. He's at the mean streets of Winnipeg, yeah, yeah the mean streets of Winnipeg. <laughs> And I don't know. I mean, I listen. I listen to a lot of hockey podcasts because I'm a huge hockey po- uh, guy, and I really like the Winnipeg Jets. So I hear yeah. a lot about that town. How the fans are just crazy about you know the Winnipeg Jets up there, but yeah. the city of Winnipeg like sucks. Like you don't want to you don't want to play there at all. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of great wrestlers came from there. But yeah, when he said the mean streets of Winnipeg. Yeah. <laughs> streets of Those words have never been uttered before. <laughs> I, I actually rolled my eyes at that and thought to myself, Fuck <laughs> so maybe I am getting worked by him. I think yeah, you're you are. You're getting worked. Yeah, you gotta understand he's being a sarcastic smartass, you know? Just making Man. him like seem tougher than he is, you know? That's good. You don't want to be a Don Callis to your new uh, fiance. Uh, no, man, so you're probably in the Prince Charming mode, and Don Callis would, uh, you know, get you know, yep. break the camel's back for you. Don Callis, would. the guide to what not to do when you first engaged. That's right, <laughs> big time. And uh, what not to do is do a countdown to Ooh. a ring about to explode and have it be very dramatic, have John Moxley laying in the middle, have Eddie Kingston run out and be like. John, such a great moment. I know. Yeah, it could have been. I was like, oh, shit, this could be really big and good for Eddie being out there. Well, turns out, folks, if you didn't see the pay-per-view, you didn't miss much. 
you could have gone to a fourth grade Fourth of July show uh, at an elementary school for the budget that they had, the time that they had to set this up, and being COVID, where you can't have anybody ringside, that's yes. not within the company, you have the perfect opportunity to actually do some crazy shit. Yeah. Uh, there was uh, just four sparklers on the turnbuckles, uh, pipes, and then uh, just another couple, you know, four <laughs> times the amount of puffs of smoke that you probably got within the match, I, I, like on the first bump. It was some bullshit. And Eddie Kingston, it would have been one thing if... So Eddie Kingston laid his body over John to protect him from the explosion, putting his life on the line. And he continued to put his life on the line during... Or, like, after the explosion. I wish Eddie would have just popped his head up and been like, what the the hell was that? Like, that was nothing. Him laying over John Moxley didn't help. Uh, But, yeah. Wow. Woo. I mean, yeah. they took us on a ride during that match like we just covered it in the last 10 minutes. And for it to end like that, and the pay-per-view itself to end like that, holy shit. That's that's why I use the word heartbreaking, because it's like everything yes. led up to that moment, and the moment just kind of pissed on it. The, the word yeah. dud has so many meanings here. And, you know, I just went on this whole rant about Don Callis and another thing I'll throw him under the bus for one, he can't teach Kenny Omega how to build an exploding ring. And right. two, we saw the sparklers go off puffs of smoke and that's it. Right. Like, I feel like that's a perfect opportunity to use that to further the storyline. Right. So I think they will. I was almost expecting Don yeah, Callis to come to. back out after that laughing and then tell everyone that Kenny Omega and he had everyone fooled thinking it was going to be this crazy match and stuff. Yeah. Just think of the heat he could have gotten. Yeah. Yeah. Like they hype up this match, they overpromise it, but then they yeah. use that and channel it all towards Don Callis. Like it, the real exploding ring is on impact next week <laughs> in the rematch or something yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, crazy. That's, that's that. Yeah, I think that's like AEW. If there's anything, if we've learned anything about them, that they're pretty good at course correcting, and that I would just, and maybe this is like a ratings thing, like accidentally. But now I'm dying to know what they, how they make chicken salad out of this chicken yeah. shit. And I think I, yeah, I think uh, Moxley's like. Uh, promo afterwards where he made fun of it and i think i think if they kind of come up okay you can't really explain why eddie kingston didn't get up why he kept laying there but beyond that you could kind of excuse it away if you wanted to make it out to be that kenny omega is a coward and uh and don Callis built a wimpy explosion because he didn't want his champion to get hurt you they could kind of go with that i think they could pull it off sure Charlie, did you have something? Yeah, what I heard kind of today is that that possibly the they had maybe more of the fireworks or, or the explosions were a dud, maybe. That 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 was the that that might have been the problem. I I don't know, but then I heard, you know, another guy, I'm sure you probably heard it too, Matt. Um guys on Wrestling Observer said that they probably should have had it out in the football field where they could really build a shit ton of explosions and did it right. And he said kind of that, or was it Buster, whatever, but 
But I kind of, a warning should have been when they didn't, like they should have been like, okay, we want to clear every, they still had wrestlers ringside. So how much was really going to explode? So maybe it wasn't a dud, but I don't know, but they should have probably done the football field where they could just blow a bunch of shit up. Cause I guess a lot of those Japan, those matches that did it in the nineties where they would just, there'd be smoke and paper and all, all kinds of shit would blow up when the ring would blow up at the end. And they just didn't do it. They didn't, go balls to the wall with it so right i guess they copied yeah i guess they were copying that spot from where but kingston ran out and saving his fan his his um saving uh king or saving moxley i guess they did it in japan or i guess um they said terry funk and some other guy had done it i don't know the whole story but who's the guy who's the guy that was like the the big death match guy uh on I can't think of the name. I can't but, think of the name either. Yeah. But yeah, he did. What was it? Uh, I think it's Anito. I forget. Yeah, Anito. Anito. yeah. Where I think, yeah, there was one point where he did that to save Terry Funk. So they yeah. Got, yeah. 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 So, yeah. Yeah, it was really disappointing. And Charlie, yeah, I think you and I listened to the same thing because I had heard that, yeah, there was like a dud or several duds, like only 20% of the fireworks actually went off. Like there should have been at least four to five times what we actually saw. Um, it was kind of surprising that they would have sparklers on the, yeah, that's stupid. yeah. Like I can't imagine in what world is that impactful? Right. Yeah. I don't know. You know, why go with the freaking like, it can't the tried and true. They should have just ripped off what they used to do for Kane when he, you know, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That yep. would have yep. looked cool. Like the, yep, I heard that too. Stolen that, and that would have been much better. Yeah, I, I mean, I think everybody's expectations were pretty high. So, regardless yeah. of what they did, I feel like there's going to be some blowback. I mentally, I was expecting like Kane's pyro, but then also yeah. kind of like the ring collapse, like Big Show and Brock Lesnar. Yeah, style. that's what I thought yeah. was going to happen. At least, like, they should have dead. Yeah, they should have like, least... like explosives on the corners where somehow yeah. they had explosives went off and then the thing kind of collapsed and kind of. Yeah. yeah, and like Eddie was trying to protect John Moxley from the pipes, the posts collapsing on him in that sort of way. I mean, yeah, I was thinking Kane, but we got like a quinceanera pretty weak yeah but um, totally agree this is this is like gonna be a big uh thing that the aw has to face uh this coming wednesday which will make us want to tune in Mm -hmm. i mean uh a steady sea does not build a strong sailor you kind of need bumps in the road to improve your brand and the strength of your brand so it's going to be really interesting to see how they respond to this but um i think if there's anybody that can make make something out of this. I think they, they will. I agree. Most I think definitely. the one challenge they have in front of them is the whole Eddie Kingston overselling what we all saw didn't happen. So if they find a way to do that, you know, maybe like, Oh, he was in shock over what happened. Yeah. Or, or the still in shock from the match, like implying he was in shock and that's why he did that. Like maybe that's one way, but it's going to be tough. Or they could say it was really loud or something and say like, oh, it, I know. like it like effed with his ears or, you know what I mean? Like they could say like they, it didn't look like much, but it was like a deafening explosion or something. I got it. Eddie Kingston suffers from PTSD just being oh. in the meaner streets yeah. of the hood, way meaner than Winnipeg. I mean, yeah. he's, he's used to gunshots. He's seen his friends killed. 
died in his hands. He doesn't want another one. I think all the flashbacks of all the trauma from where he grew up and his upbringing, out. he blacked out. That's, I like it. That's a winner. <laughs> That's a winner right there. Well, and it, and it makes him come out even harder be like nobody that's not happened to any one of my friends that makes me not an Eddie it, Kingston's watch. I feel like I've seen booking like that before and it was immediately followed up with someone getting pissed thrown in their face and it was Jeff Hardy and uh Seamus but but hey if they want to go that direction I'm sure they can pull it off way more tactfully than the company I'm referencing so we'll see yes well, if anybody has piss on their face, it's uh, your old buddy Mike Bate. I came in with a record of five and three again, followed by Matt at five and four, Steve at six and three, and our new champ, Charlie Michael at seven and two. Oh, we didn't even talk about Christian. Did you guys want to get into that at all or no? Yeah, we can touch on it super quick. I think, it, I, you know, like there were some people that are never going to be happy with the pick because they built the hype up so much. But I think, I don't know. I, funny, funny enough, I think it was a great pick. I don't know. And we can thank WWE for it because if Christian would have just shown up out of the blue, you'd have been like, oh, he's kind of old. But he looks so good at the Royal Rumble. It's like they gave him a perfect AEW audition. So right. I thought that actually helped AEW that he showed up in the Rumble because he looked great. Yeah, I was just saying, I just saw something that it said uh, that Christian reached out to AEW after the Rumble because I guess they weren't going to use him. So he reached right. out to him. Like I said, I picked them after, you know, they, they were throwing all the names out. And I figured, I was thinking Angle, and then I then I thought about it when they when they kind of said it got Hall of Fame worthy. I was like, oh, ah, yeah. Christian, it's got to be Christian because you it wouldn't be Brock, it wouldn't be Rock because I could guarantee if, if they offered him a, um, a, a payday, he could just go back to Vince and Vince would, you know, top that and keep him. So I figured right. it'd be Christian. Yep. Yeah. Good for Christian to, you know, hold the chips and say no deal to WWE, especially when you have options. This is the AEW effect. Exactly yep. I mean, when WWE was the only house in town where you could wrestle, you would have to put up with it and get buried yep. and whatever. Now we're going to see a little rebirth of Christian. I mean, good for him to get paid because he probably had to get ready for that Royal Rumble, all the training that he picked. And he's like, hey, if this is the deal, I'm going to hold out for more. We'll see what he gets. I I mean, he got it. And now let's see what he gets as far as um, his run and what kind of role he's going to play in AEW. Yeah. Yep. Probably well, boys, probably this... the safest pick because you know, like some of those other names, like Angle, it's probably a little played out and injured. Yep. Like you said right. earlier. Uh Lesnar, was it really ever gonna happen? No. Um it really is probably one of the better yeah. I, I think you're gonna get some good quality out of Christian for a couple years. Mm-hmm. And he's not he's not shy to like support other stars too. Like if yeah. anything, he's a pretty good nurturing wrestler. He kind of yep. always knew he played second fiddle to edge. It was just kind of what it was, but I mean, he's just as big of part of that team um, that make them Hall of Famers, Edge and Christian. So, yeah, yeah, I, I think it's um, you know a good uh, leg to stand on as far as AEW. Their money is going to be well spent, I would say. I agree. Yep. Good on the mic, and they probably can help the guys in the back. Yep, big time. Awesome boys. Well, this was a lot of fun breaking down this. Uh, Last pay-per-view from AEW. Charlie, congratulations on being the next Keep the Kayfabe champ. Can't wait to see how the AEW 
uh, responds to the dud that was the ending of the pay-per-view. So we got something to look forward with that. We'll tune in the NXT, maybe. But um, oh, you guys want to touch touch on an NXT move possibly moving? I think that's oh, a good yeah. move. It should help. Maybe it should maybe help. It helps everybody. AEW get over a million. That'd be nice. Yeah, you know, a million a nice. week would be cool. Yeah, for sure. And I bet it would boost their ratings maybe by a hundred thousand at first if they put a little more product on. It could definitely grow from there. Yeah, it's a win-win. Yeah. I think it's smart. It's probably the smartest thing they've done since uh, whenever two years ago, one year ago, when this all started. Yep. So. All right. Awesome, boys. I bid you all good night. Thank you so much for listening. Follow us on Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Keep the Kayfabe. Boys, love you. Miss you. Can't wait to see you. Peace. Bang. Bang, bang. Come away. Come away.